T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Joe, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm excited for these drills to kick off. I'm just uh, eagerly waiting to see how everything turns out this week, but... Just doing great that it's now finally draft season. Yeah, no doubt. Um, what, what do you make, Joe, of all this discussion that the Combine has, you know, kind of lived out its usefulness because of the players, you know, working out in their own home campuses? Uh, obviously, there's some staffs now that are not going to participate uh, in the Combine, you know, although they'll have, uh, you know, certainly front office people there, but coaching staffs aren't going to come. Uh, do, do you? I mean, the NFL's highly invested in this thing. I, to me, I don't think it's going anywhere, but what, what are your thoughts on kind of the heat the Combine's been taking recently? Yeah, we, we might have some guys who choose not to participate in drills, and I think that there's always been a history of that, but sure. what can't be replaced with the Combine is the individual interviews that happen behind the scenes and all the medical rechecks that are so important yeah. for prospects that have long-term injuries or sustain significant injuries throughout their careers. And I think with the things that are behind the scenes that we as fans and even as media don't get to see, of course we're going to sit here and say, like, oh, these guys aren't testing, there's no value in this, yada, yada, yada. But right. the flip side, as I'm saying here, those things need to happen. We can't have those things happen as in-depth during the pro day circuit because it's a little bit more of a whirlwind. There's a lot more traveling involved. Not every coach and team personnel can make it to every single pro day. Uh, and they have less time, obviously, to do some of these interviews. A little bit more scheduled, regimented at the Combine, so there's still a ton of value for the things that we might not be witnessing. That's a good way to look at it. Uh, we are uh, talking again to uh, Joe DeLeon. He is a college football and draft analyst. Uh, you can check him out on Believe Network as well. Good enough to join us here on Burgundy Gold today via the BetQL guest hotline. All right, Joe, quarterbacks is always the big one, right? Like, this is why people come there. Most of the time, the quarterbacks say, hey, we're not throwing here, we're not doing this, we're doing that. Bryce Young, among those not doing anything, uh, you know, not surprisingly, Alabama, you know, can always has very large pro days. It's always the place to be. But what about the other quarterback prospects uh, in this draft? Will, will they participate, and, and how valuable could that be? Yeah, one that was really intriguing to me and that I'm excited who will be participating is Anthony Richardson. And I had been saying coming into the week that if, if Richardson tests, he might have the best combine ever for a quarterback uh, in terms of the athletic testing. And then getting to see him throw is going to be really, really important. Will Levis, it seems like, is going to be throwing as well. And then C.J. Stroud said a while ago on the Pat McAfee show that he was expecting to throw uh, during the drills but not necessarily do the athletic testing. So the important guys are going to be throwing. They're going to be running for the most part which is really, I think, key for creating some separation amongst the class. I think for C.J. Stroud, we know 
how consistent of a passer and the, and the talent that he has uh, in terms of his, his arm talent that he can establish himself as maybe the de facto number one quarterback or at the very least the confirmed second quarterback in the grouping. And then outside of that, Will, uh, Will Levis and, and Anthony Richardson, I think, really need to use this, this week and their performance to show that they don't have the deficiencies that we think that they have with throwing the football. Can they finish the, the day with mm-hmm. a strong day in terms of how many passes they have completed? Are they not throwing any errant balls? Uh, are they not all over the place with a lot of their passes that they're trying to hit some of these receivers on? I think that's going to be really important for, for guys like Richardson and Levis. How how real are the concerns or the talk or the discussions uh, about Bryce Young's size? Not just his height, but also just his overall weight, his build. Is he, is he slight? Is he really cut out for uh, being a, a dual threat quarterback at the NFL level? For me, I don't I don't have as much concern with his size, but I, I do understand that the old school style of thinking from a lot of coaches that that say that there is an issue with him having a smaller frame. I think the position's just played so differently than it has been in the past. We're not really looking for those six foot five, two hundred and forty pound guys that are statues and don't move in the pocket. Instead, I think a guy like Bryce Young serves uh, the current level of the NFL, assuming he can bulk up and add a little bit more weight. I, I assume that he's probably gonna weigh in at like one eighty five, one ninety. But for him to get up to 205 is going to be crucial for him having a long-term career in the NFL. We saw him get banged up this past year uh, at Alabama, but he was able to finish the season. I think to avoid that in the future and maybe calm some of those concerns is adding some more weight to his frame by the end of his rookie season. But you get a lot of really nice things that make him an exciting prospect, which is the reactiveness, the decision-making. I think that he's the quickest and best decision-maker out of any of the prospects at the quarterback position in this class, he just happens to be a little small. And if we're willing to overlook that and realize that he's got a lot of talent and he's got a lot of upside, he's a total gamer, um, then I think that we're going to get a, a guy who steps in right away and has an immediate impact for an NFL franchise. We're talking to uh, Joe DeLeon from uh, Believe Podcast. You can uh, check him out there. Also, of course, a NFL and college football analyst as we're getting ready for the Combine getting underway in Indianapolis with us here on Burgundy and Gold today via the Team 980. All right, so the 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 best grouping, do you think, position-wise in this draft is what? For me, it's, it's along the defensive line, and I think it's a close tie between defensive tackle and edge. There's a lot of really good talent at the top for both position groups as well as some really good depth. I look at Fred specifically, Will Anderson leading the group, followed by Lucas Van Ness from Iowa, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech, Miles Murphy, Will McDonald. A lot of names that I think are good enough to go in the first round, and then there's some good depth a little bit later on uh, with, with Derek Hall, with guys like Nick Hampton from App State. And then at defensive tackle, we look at all these very uh, twitchy and, and powerful guys that I think could establish themselves as high early impact players depending on the team that they go to and of course Jalen Carter leads that group as a likely first or first drafted defensive player rather amongst the defensive tackles but we still have players like Brian Brzee from Clemson who's just a big massive body a former highly rated recruit coming from Clemson and then Kalijah Canty is an interesting name from Pitt who at six foot 280 pounds a really small player for for a defensive tackle, but it has the strength as if he was 340 pounds and is so low to the ground 
and quick that makes him very difficult to block. So he's somebody one I'm paying attention to at the combine. But in general, there are three to four guys, I think, for both position group that are good enough to be drafted in the top 15. And then throughout the draft, there's just such fantastic depth at that mm-hmm. position, at both those positions, that it's definitely defensive tackle on edge. All right, so let me put, be selfish here and go to positions of need for the commanders. Um, how do you see the offensive line for starters uh, in terms of depth? And is it strength at tackles? Is it strength at guards, centers, et cetera? What, how do you see that? I think this offensive line group is it, it's okay overall. I think at tackle we've got a lot of uh, really interesting names to pay attention to, including Paris Johnson Jr. and Peter Skaronsky is the top two. Uh, Johnson Jr. from Ohio State, Skaronsky from Northwestern. But then there are some question marks on Broderick Jones from Georgia, who's a little bit more raw. Uh, there are some questions on guys like maybe Jalen Duncan from Maryland, if he can sneak his way into, into the end of the first round or somewhere on day two. It's very weak at guard because outside of Osiris Torrance and Steve Avila for me and maybe Cody Mock, uh, I think the group thins out really quickly from having guys that could develop and become starters to just mostly backup players. And then at center, there's a lot of really intriguing talent at the top because we've got a couple of guys that are more veteran players that I think are going to plug in right away and, and have a high impact in Ricky Stromberg from Arkansas or John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota. And then on top of that, we get Luke Whipler and Joe Tippman, Tippin from Wisconsin, Luke Whipler from Ohio State, who are on the younger side have really nice traits, are athletic, move really, really well, have good power and raw strengths for the position, maybe need a little bit more refinement, but could be really highly impactful players as well early on in their careers. And outside of that, though, it does start to spin out additionally similar to the way that it does with guards. So if there is a strength amongst the, amongst the offensive line, it's a tackle. I think there's going to be a lot of tackles that get bumped inside into guard this year because there's a lack of guard talent, but it definitely, it definitely leans heavy at, at, uh, at tackle. Right. So the the other uh, area of uh, certainly of need here is cornerback. How do you see the corners? Is this something that you could you have to handle? Do you think in the first round, or is it something that you can wait on? I think it's something you can wait on, and I foresee that because there's not necessarily an alpha dog amongst the corners, and instead it's it's a lot of guys that are very close in grade, especially for me. Uh, there's going to be a run in the back half to the middle of the first round, and then a lot of guys are going to slide into the second round and make it really uh, easy for teams that need defensive backs and corners to draft them early on in the second round. And amongst those names, we've got Christian Gonzalez from Oregon, Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State, Keely Ringo from Georgia, Devon Witherspoon from Illinois, and then Clark Phillips from Utah is one who uh, I want to keep an eye on, who's a little bit undersized, but has just been so productive and dominant in his time at Utah. And I think some teams are going to overthink him a little bit. He's got a little bit of Tredavious White in him in terms of not being that big, but still just being so physically dominant and has a lot of ball production too, which makes him exciting. But uh, with all those guys in mind, not all of them are going to go in the first round, but once mm-hmm. the first one goes, there's probably going to be a run of three to four that go consecutively or within a few picks. Yeah, because that's certainly – we're looking here at this Washington team, offensive line, corner, certainly a, a big part of what they're going to be looking at. In terms of, like, is there somebody for you that would be a worthwhile day three quarterback that somebody you project, you know, from that time down to four through seven range that, that could be somebody worth a flyer? Maybe they're not somebody who you would expect to play, you know, in year one or year two, but somebody worth, you know, at least just getting on your roster and start developing. 
Yeah, admittedly, this class to me doesn't really have any of that developmental talent Mm -hmm. for starter upside as it sometimes always does. And I think the transfer portal has has drastically changed that because a lot of times guys like – a good example is Grayson McCall is somebody I would have brought up. But someone like Grayson McCall who entered the portal and then ended up going back to Coastal Carolina – I would have considered to be developmental, has some good traits, could be a backup, and then maybe sneak his way into being a starter if a, if a starter goes down ahead of him. But if I were to pinpoint some later round guys, one guy I think that shines the most is Jake Hainer from Fresno State, who he had a, a really, really nice senior bowl performance. He was far and away the best guy at the senior bowl, but most likely I see him as a long-term backup in the NFL. I see him as somebody who – is just going to stick around on a roster because he seems like a really smart kid, very strong decision maker. Physically doesn't have any tools that you're you're wowed by, but just gets the job done. And that's what you want with a backup quarterback. That's what made Brock Purdy so uh, so easy to plug and play for the 49ers sure. is that he stepped in and he was even keel, wasn't too high or too low, and just got the job done and helped his team win. And I think Jake Hayner could, could maybe be that guy if he needs to step in if there's an injury. That's good to know. Um, as as we get closer to uh, this, too, I mean, how, how, is there anybody you see that's really going to get the chance to either go flying up a board or somebody that may could go crashing down? I mean, obviously we see this every year. I think one name that is going to get a lot of attention over the process and especially might open some eyes uh, during, the, during the combine is, is Kalijah Canty, who I brought up earlier from Pitt, because he's, he's really undersized, as I mentioned. He's six foot, he's 280. And I think that some people might question his measurables, but once we see him test and we see that he's a, a, an athletic freak and he's right. really strong, and I know that a lot of people love to bring up Aaron Donald being a, <laughs> a yeah. shorter, stouter Pitt defensive tackle, but there's some some comparisons that could be made there because of just how low to the ground he is and how difficult he is to block. And I, I, I've seen Fancy brought up on some mock drafts. I think Mel Kuyper had him in the top 10, but I, I don't see him on a lot of other ones where he's considered to be a top 15 pick. And I think the combine for him particularly could really benefit him. Uh, so for me, he's one guy I'm, I'm paying attention to during this process. All right. Well, should be should be fun to see it all unfold here over the next week uh, to eight days. I guess eight days now. Is that right? Uh, well, it's it's kicking off at the at the end of this uh, at the end of this week with the actual drill starting on Thursday, going until Sunday. Okay, it's like six days, not even eight. Okay, that's good to know. All right, I was, I mean, <laughs> but they did show up today, right? Players showed up yesterday and today, and obviously all the coaches are there today. We're seeing all them uh, come yeah. through and talk. And for all the hoopla about who may not be there, I've seen a lot of the main coaches there. I mean, I've seen Andy Reid. I've seen Doug Peterson right. talk already. I mean, it seems like all the main guys are there. Yeah, it's, it, right now and I, I in, in our office, I've got flipped on the, the NFL yeah. Network where they're interviewing every single general manager and there's a headline from every word that they say. Uh, if, if there's enough of an indication of a, a possible speculation, which is, uh, I think the craziest part about the combine that doesn't get talked about enough where we, we overanalyze the heck out of what some of these GMs and coaches say sure. over the first few days. Uh, but, yeah, that's the extent of it, I think, for the beginning of it. I'm, I'm more excited to see what these players have to say. and um, You always get some fun answers and some exciting interactions between them and the media. 
Yeah, and Pete Carroll's there as well. All right, hey, Joe, thanks so much for your time. And, again, you can hear Joe on the Believe Network, uh, college football, and NFL analyst Joe, Joe DeLeon. Thank you so much for your time today. Of course. Thanks for having me. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.